This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Well, we're going to jump into the Word this morning. And uh, last week we started a, a series, Eternal Security. And uh, I want you secure. <laughs> I don't want you insecure. I want you secure in your relationship with the Lord. And in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. God wants you to know that you have eternal life. He doesn't want you um, in this place of, uh, of fear. Am I saved or am I not saved? He doesn't want you... Uh, in a place uh, of fear that I will lose my salvation. He wants you to be at a place of peace, a place of strength. And, and the truth is, if you're insecure or you're not um, fully persuaded in this area, you'll never be effective for God. You, you'll always be motivated by a deep uh, yearning inside to earn your salvation or uh, there'll be a fear there. You will not have that place of relationship that you can be as effective for God as he wants you to be. But just as you want your children to be totally secure as a parent and your love for them and your acceptance for them, it's the same for our Father. Our Father God wants you to be at peace and wants you to be at rest and, and know that you belong to him. And it, the truth is either you have a relationship or not. And if you're concerned... Uh, about your salvation, and, and before you have accepted Jesus as the Lord, you probably are saved because you wouldn't be concerned if you weren't. So that's a good indicator that you're, you're, you're right with God, that there is a relationship there. So uh, I want to get into this uh, a little deeper, and I want you to know that God loves you unconditionally. Just like you love your children unconditionally, even when they misbehave or they do wrong, you still love them. They're still your child. It's, it's the same with God. And we're going to look at and, and get into some questions that people have, some verses that maybe look like uh, it looks bad uh, as far as being secure in God. And we're going to look at these things in the, in the next few weeks and see what God, God says. I, I believe really it's a, a strategy of the enemy. You remember when Jesus was in the wilderness? Jesus came uh, into the wilderness. He was led by the Spirit. Satan comes to tempt him. How did Satan tempt Jesus? He said, if you're the Son of God. And that's the same way we get tempted by the enemy. And especially when you first get saved, he says... Are you saved or not? Did you mean that when you prayed it? Did you really give your heart? And it's because of what we're going to discuss today. You need the understanding of just some basic principles of the word. Or you were like me and you came and got saved several times. Because you acted like not a little rascal, but a big rascal. After you just gave your heart and life to the Lord. So you would question it. Uh, I don't think it took 
I don't think it accomplished anything. So I'd come back for another dose. You know, we're going to try this again. Lord, I really mean it. I love you. I believe you died for me. And, <laughs> and this cycle went on for a while until finally I got some uh, revelation that I had done the things to, to get born again, to accept Jesus as Lord and stopped asking and rested in what had already taken place, believed his word. So last week we looked at Jesus took the sin nature, he took the, the basic uh, foundation of all sin, it was the sin nature. And Jesus took the sin nature that Adam, the, the first Adam, that he had when he sinned, he, his, his nature changed. He has sin nature. And it was passed on to, to each and every person after that. But Jesus took the root cause of sin and he took on the sin nature. He became the sin nature that was driving mankind. And it was the barrier that kept man from coming to God. There was this barrier. It was uh, something that, uh, you know, we call it sin and it was a barrier that caused God to have to keep his distance and it caused man to have to keep his distance from God. But God wanted to be with us and he wanted us to come together. So through one man's obedience, the last Adam, Jesus Christ, it says righteousness as a gift was passed down upon all men, all mankind who believe, who received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And when you do that, you have the righteousness of God inside of you, and sin is no longer an issue. Today, in the day that we live in, sin is not the issue that separates people from God. The issue is, what will you do with Jesus Christ? Will he be the Lord and Savior of your life? Will you follow him? That's the question. It's not sin. We could say it, it is. We could say it like this, that Jesus died... For all sin, the sin nature, and every effect of the sin nature, all sin, he died for it. But there's one sin that he did not die for. And that sin would be the rejection of himself, of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He did not die for that. And if you commit that sin, there is no pardon. That's the unpardonable sin it's rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the gift of salvation. It's rejecting Him. That's what will send you to eternal separation, eternal darkness and death and hell. But thank God for the gift of righteousness. What Jesus did for us is, is humongous. In fact, I believe we'll spend eternity grateful and, and celebrating and worshiping God and, and still being revealed and, and seeing what all God did for us through Jesus Christ. So we're going we're gonna to pick up from there. And uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Throughout the Word of God, you find out that we are spirit, soul, and body. Uh, several years ago, I did extensive study on this, and there's places in the Bible where you see spirit, and it means soul. 
there's places uh, that mean spirit. It means your soul and spirit. And you have to know what the different definitions and look them up. But really, uh, you've got to have this understanding to be secure in your salvation is to know that we're spirit, soul, and body. You are three parts. You're spirit. You have a soul. You have a body. Now, there's two of them that, that we can easily see. You can easily see your physical body. You can, you can, uh, somebody can lay their hand on your shoulder and you can tell your body's been touched. And so, it's, your body's always speaking to you. It spoke to you maybe this morning with rain in the air. And maybe your body said, it sure feels good in bed here. And it's, it's saying, you know, your body's saying, why don't you just linger for a while? So it's always speaking to you, but your soul too. And, and your soul can be touched without any physical touch by words that are spoken. Words can bless or words can hurt. And you can easily see where your soul is. Is it happy, sad, is it tired, is it upset, is it angry? You can see where your soul is. Same for your body. Your body, I'm hungry. Feed me. You know, it, it speaks. And, but your, your spirit is a whole different, different story. And we, we need to learn some things uh, about that. So we need to understand that we are spirit, soul, and body. In John chapter 3, verse 6, it says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now Jesus is explaining to Nicodemus here about you must be born again. Nicodemus is trying to figure out. He said, I, I'm, I've already been born. How do I do this? You know, I cannot go back in my mother's womb. You know, this just doesn't. And Jesus saying, it's of the Spirit. You don't see this, this birth. Uh, and he was speaking of a spiritual birth that happens when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord. And you can't discern this naturally. You can't figure it out through your, your, your soul or your, your physical body. You can't connect to it that way. How do we connect to it? Well, John 6, 63, it says, Is the spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. So God's word tells us what our spirit looks like. I can't look in the mirror and say, Oh, my spirit looks good today. No, you have to get in the word of God and see what God says about your spirit because you can't see it. Just like you can't see the wind, you can see the effects of it. And we should see the effects of a, a spirit that is born again. But see, you can't see what's taking place. It has to be only through God's mirror or the word of God that you see what your spirit looks like. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, if, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. And notice there I put past tense. Behold, all things have become new, present tense. 
the scripture is not speaking about process. It's not talking about a gradual process that things change. It's talking about an instant process. It's talking about something that, uh, a transformation that took place. And presently, if you accept the Lord, you're in it. This wasn't something that was going to change just a little bit at a time. No, it was an instant thing that took place. And you see this in your notes. Your spirit has an instant and complete transformation when you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. This speaks of a change that has already taken place in 2 Corinthians 5.17. So if you don't understand spirit, soul, and body, you can get very confused. Because I thought old things have passed away. That was my problem. I got saved. They told me this verse and said, oh, great. Old things have passed away. I wake up the next day. I found out my body didn't change. I thought I was going, you know, be buffed. I thought I was going to lose 30 pounds overnight. I just accept the Lord. All things are new. Old things have passed away. The old body, I got a new body now. Hot dog looking mirror. I'm shocked. No. No, no, it must not have took. And then my soul was telling me things. And I, I've talked to a few people who experienced this, but got saved and all kinds of things came to you that I didn't have that before I was, when I was an unbeliever. I didn't have this kind of junk coming at me. What is wrong with me? And it didn't take. I know there's a problem with me because Old things are still here. And old things have gotten worse. I got to get saved. I can't wait for church again. Do you need to get saved? I'm coming down. Bob, weren't you here last week? Yes, I was. It didn't take. What do you mean it didn't take? I didn't take. Oh, sure, you did. I'm telling you, I need to pray again. Okay, okay. Until I started wearing them out. You're down here again. It started wearing me out. What's wrong with me? Something bad here. I'm confused. Because old things are still old. What about all this new stuff? But see, once I got this understanding, this helped me. That my body didn't change and my soul didn't change. See, if, if I was overweight before I got saved, I'm still overweight. If, my, if you weren't good at math before you got saved, you're still not good at math after you get saved. If you were depressed before you got saved, you might be depressed after you got saved. And it's confusing trying to understand this until you get that we are spirit, soul, and body. The body is the same, but Jesus paid the price for us to have a glorified body in the future. That's the one I was looking for. The one that could eat anything. I'll eat the angel food cake. You can keep the devil's cookies. Never. So you see this in your note, your body has a future salvation. There's a future salvation coming for it. And you're going to look awesome. 
just the right age, just everything awesome. Ladies, you won't have to put on any makeup in heaven. It's, you're, it's, it's just part of you. Hallelujah. No Botox, no one. Don't need it. You'll really be like the Fonz. You'll look in the mirror and go, hey, hey, we got it going on, you know? Hallelujah. I can get excited about that future body. <laughs> well, your soul, what about your soul? I found that your soul's not going to change till you change the way you're thinking in accordance to the Word of God. That's how things change. So your soul, it's in your notes, is in the process of being saved. It's in the process. Now, all the price has been paid for all this. But see, the salvation of your soul is a process. And it takes time. And I change as I process or renew my mind to what God's values are, His principles of His Word, and um, things start changing as I do that. Because everything, and I'll talk about that some in a minute, goes through goes through the soul. The same degree that I'm able to renew my mind and change my, my values and my principles of life according to what God's Word is, is the same place that I'll experience a victory. Uh, I'll experience the life of God and what God has for me. The Bible tells us in the future you will receive a glorified body and a glorified soul. It means what you don't finish up here on this earth renewing, He'll go ahead and take care of it for you. Another great, oh man, isn't that great? Because some of us, you know, just give me the download, Lord, you know. <laughs> well, he is there. Because it says that we know in part, but then face to face, you're going to have a full revelation. Isn't that good news? Second Peter 1, verse 3, His divine powers given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, but which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Notice here he's given everything to us. He's already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's already yours. And I'm going, Lord, where is it? <laughs> I see it in your word. Everything has been supplied that I could possibly ever need has been supplied. You said it. Where is it? Let me help you. It's in your spirit. It's in your spirit. The part of you that has been fully redeemed, your spirit has everything in it that you could possibly ever need. So see, you don't have to look afar off. Your prayers don't have to go very far. Because the Holy Spirit lives in you. And he's all that we could ever need. Some of you are looking at me funny. Okay. 
Your spirit is complete and perfect as it will ever be. When you get to heaven, you're going to get a new body. Your soul is going to be renewed. And there's not going to be a line over here. Hey, get your new spirit. This is the lineup for the new spirits. Come over here. No line. Nobody's going to be doing that. Because the same spirit that you have now will be the same spirit you'll have there. Because it is complete and perfect in Christ. The Bible says that it is made or created by God in true righteousness and holiness. Your spirit is holy. Your spirit is perfect. In your notes, when your soul agrees with God's word, it comes in alignment with your spirit. Then you will experience the life, victory, and power that is in your spirit. Everything that you get from God has to go through your soul or through your will. Your mind, your emotions, it has to pass through that. So that means we have to feed on God's Word. Feast on it. The good news is you can get addicted to it. That you love His Word. You can feast on it because you want to. But what's in your, in your spirit? Well, the Bible says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead resides on the inside of you. Where does it reside? It's not in your body. And you see this, buddy, same power that raised Jesus from the dead. No. It's in your spirit. Because God's there. <laughs> it's not because you, because he's there. <laughs> God made your new spirit righteous. You went from a sin nature to now a righteous nature. And it's not just the righteousness of man. Because the Bible says your righteousness or, or us trying to earn points with God is his filthy rags. It's his righteousness. It's in your spirit. It says that we have the divine nature of God. His nature. His love. His joy, His peace, the kingdom of God is on the inside of you. Health and life is inside of you. The health of God is inside of you. His joy, His peace. There's freedom, healing, wisdom, the mind of Christ. Where? In your spirit? Who knows the sayings of the spirit except the spirit of God? Knows the counsel of God the Father. And that counsel's on the inside of you. It's called the wisdom of God, the mind of Christ. It's available to all of us. Tap in. We have to tap in. Pastor, you mean I have to spend time with God and get in the Word? Absolutely. Is there another way? No. <laughs> you can have God's love, joy, and peace on the inside of you while you're angry, depressed, and full of pride. At the same time, possessing joy and peace on the inside. First uh, Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope or the expectancy of glory. Why? 
the glory of God is on the inside of you. And there's an expectation for us to grow up and work out our salvation to where Jesus lives through us. And the glory of God is released through us to those around us. The Christian life that's in your notes is about renewing my mind to release what's already mine in my spirit. I'm not trying to get God to do something. He's already done it all. I'm not begging him, saying, God, do something. I'm not begging, God, I need your presence. I need you right here. Oh, come on, God, please, 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 please be with me. At the same time, he's taking up residence, living on the inside of you. He can't get any closer. He's in you. And we're begging, oh, God, I need, I've got to. Would you go with me, God? Would you go with me? And he's saying, I can't help it. I put myself in you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going where you go. <laughs> we got to believe God's word. And it's not through those five physical senses. It's not through your seeing, your, your smelling, your touch. It's not through those senses that these things are discerned. It's through the Spirit through the Spirit. An example of this would be Isaiah 26.3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. It doesn't say he will keep you in peace unless there's a really big circumstance, a really big giant, a really big mountain before you. No, it says he will keep you in perfect peace if you'll keep your mind on him. So what do I do when something comes to steal my peace? I gather myself and I get before God and I start thinking about Him. That He is my peace. That He lives inside of me. That He's going to take care of me. He's a good Father. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He has full provision and He wants to generously supply it to me. And He will give me peace in the midst of, of a storm, in the midst of of a hurricane, he will give me peace that surpasses all understanding and people will say you're in denial, there's something wrong with you, don't you know your world's falling apart? He said, no, my world is built in God. He's my foundation, he's my rock and I'm not going under, I'm going over because he will put me over. That's when the peace of God will invade your life. It, where's the peace come from? It comes out of your spirit. And goes through your soul and your body gets peace. That's the reason a lot of times you, you come to church, you're all tense. I'm going through this, I'm going through that. And you get into praise and worship. You start focusing on God. You hear His Word and peace comes on you. It's like, I thought I had problems, but I don't, I don't feel them anymore. <laughs> I'm at peace. Why? Because your mind is on Him. A pastor, are you saying because I don't have peace, it's because my mind's on, not on him? Yes. That's what he said. That's what he said. Oh, pastor, you just don't understand. You don't understand my problems. Well, he does. Oh, pastor, you know, 
I just, it's hard for me to think about God in this situation. Well, he's the one you need to run to. Because I don't know about you, there's a lot of situations that are bigger than me. Most. <laughs> They're bigger than me. I have to run to him. But when I do, I find peace. I find that he is my refuge. He is my strength. Peace is linked to the way you think. Romans 8, verse 5. It says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. You just need to get spiritually minded. What's that word minded? What God says. What's on the inside of you, your spirit. Because I'm responsible to renew my mind. I'm responsible to get the Word of God in me and keep it before me and that will cause me to be a doer of the Word because what you really believe, you do. And somebody said, Amen. Amen. Ephesians 1, verse uh, 13. Oh, good. It's just 904. Awesome. I've gone through a time. <laughs> Hallelujah. 904. I'm going to back up these things I'm, I skipped for time. I'm, we're going to back and cover those. <laughs> Ephesians 1.13. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also have belie having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of of his glory. Your born again spirit was created in that true holiness, true righteousness. The Bible says your spirit was made, became one with the Lord, but God did something wonderful for us. He took the Holy Spirit and said, Seal their spirit. Seal. My, my mom used to make strawberry preserves. Oh, they were so good. And she would can those things, put them in jars, and when you open those things, it would break the seal because it was just, it was locked in to keep all the impurities out, to keep um, any germs, to keep everything out. And you'd open that thing up, dig in and eat, so good. I'll tell you how much sugar she put in those things, cooking it, it was good. But anyway... It's, it's the same thing. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God knew that I was going to mess up in my flesh. He knew I was going to mess up in my mind, my body, that I was going to blow it somewhere, and I needed to protect my spirit. And he said, you can't even protect your spirit. I'm going to protect your spirit. I'm going to put myself as a seal of vac your vacuum packed by the Spirit of God to protect you and preserve you from any impurities of your soul, of your body. Hallelujah. I was coming down to get saved and I was saved the whole time. I was coming down, calling out and crying out to God where the Holy Spirit had sealed my spirit and I was protected. Sin could not penetrate my spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was protecting my spirit.
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Sin has to get through the Holy Spirit to defile your spirit, man. Your new creation, man. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Says in my notes here, in your notes, God protects my spirit by sealing it with the Holy Spirit, preventing my failure, any failures or defilement of my soul and body from affecting it. Wow. You're sealed. You are sealed. What happens is my fellowship is broken, but my relationship is due to my spirit. The core of who you are, the life force, is your spirit. And God looks at your spirit. He is a spirit. He looks at your spirit. That's how you get to heaven. Your spirit is righteous. That's how you can come boldly to the throne room of grace and receive help even when you've blown it because you come as the righteousness of God in Christ, in your spirit, blown it in your flesh and receive help. What a good God we serve. He planned this before we were. He knew you were going to mess up. What do you do? You get yourself back up. Wipe off the dirt and the dust and get after it again. Because our God is awesome. And He protects us. It says that He is the earnest. Let me read this to you again. It says, He is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption purchase possession. It actually means the down payment. The Holy Spirit is the down payment on the full inheritance that God has for you. What a down payment. When I saw that, I go, you mean the down payment is the Holy Spirit? What kind of inheritance do we have? It's eternal. It never, ever ends. 20 billion, trillion, whatever number you want to put, years down the road in heaven, we're still going to be going, God is awesome. Did you see that new? I've never seen that before. Well, that's, that was a new color. I'd never. You're still going to still be seeing and discovering how great God is because eternity's not long enough to see all there is about God. It says those, that, those angels that say, Holy, holy, that, that praise God. It says when you stay down, they get a new glimpse of God every time that they didn't see before. Whew. I'm excited about God. What about you? He's awesome. Got here, John 4, 4, 24. God's the Spirit. Those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Same thing. It makes sense when you understand your spirit is a new creation. I come to him as a new creation, his son. I'm welcome in the throne room. I'm welcome at the table to eat and dine. I'm welcome at the refrigerator. My picture's on this refrigerator. My picture's in his wallet. 
I'm his favorite. And so are you. And we worship him in spirit, and that's the truth. What God says about you is the truth. Then Galatians 6.15, I just I got this this morning. I was just up just worshiping the Lord and he, he dropped the scripture on me. Galatians 6.15, it doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we've been transformed into a new creation. The only people who get to heaven are new creations. The only people who get to heaven are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's how we go to a perfect God. He made us perfect on the inside. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much, Lord, for the truth of who we are in the spirit. That we're a new creation. We don't earn our salvation. It's a gift. We don't earn righteousness. It's a gift. We don't earn eternal life. It's a gift. We receive it. We believe. We trust. We rely on you, Lord. Now, thank you for your word today. I thank you for a trust and a, a, a reliance upon you for eternal security in each and every person, Lord. That our relationship with you will be fully mature, that we'll grow in you. That our soul will be renewed. Our mind, our will, and emotions will line up with the truth of your word. And we'll look into the word. We'll look into the, the mirror that is able to set us free. We'll, we'll cast down those thoughts that are against your word. And recognize that your word is reality. That your word is truth. And even when we blow it, we thank you that there is blood. We thank you that there is a place of repentance and forgiveness for our soul and for our flesh. And we can get back up and walk according to the Spirit. God, we worship you and we thank you. We praise you. No one looking around. If today you need Jesus as Lord and Savior, He'll make you a new creation. He'll give you a new life on the inside. That's you today. Just lift your hand. We'll pray together. Maybe you've prayed this before, but you recognize today you're not right with God. You're out of fellowship and you need to get back with Him and be restored. If that's you, just lift your hand. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray this together. Say, Dear Lord, thank you for the price that was paid. Jesus going to the cross, taking my sin. Taking my sin nature. Dying for me. Taking the punishment for unrighteousness. And he died not because of his own sins, but because of mine. But my belief in him, that he was raised from the dead, and my allegiance and devotion to him, to follow him, will cause me to have a, a new birth. To be born again on the inside. And I'll be a new creation. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live this life. 
Now I command all condemnation to be gone. I command every fear to be gone from this place. I command the enemy's voice that's been hounding you and coming against you with contempt, uh, with condemnation, to bring you to a place of you questioning who you are, questioning your walk with God. I rebuke the enemy and I command him to go. And we walk in the truth and we walk in the light and we give you thanks, Lord. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand up. May I ask the prayer partners to come down. You have a prayer need this morning. Come and receive prayer. There's power in prayer. The Lord just reminded me the other day just the power of prayer. That prayer outlasts your life. That Jesus hanging on the cross said, Father, forgive these. They know not what they do. And then it hit me after he died that that prayer was answered. There was an earthquake. The place went dark. Another veil in the temple was ripped into. And it said that there was those standing there that said, Surely this must be the Son of God. What were they doing? They were giving their allegiance to God. They received forgiveness. They were accepting Him. That prayer was answered. It was so powerful after He was dead. Your prayers are powerful. Don't stop praying for those loved ones. Don't stop praying for that son, that daughter, that brother, that sister. Don't stop praying because it's effective. Because you have place in the throne room of God. And your prayers are heard. And God is orchestrating. And he's working behind the scenes. The enemy says it'll never be. It'll never work. It'll not work the way that you think it will be. But he's a liar. And he's full of himself. He's full of pride. Don't listen to him. Listen to the Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord is saying pray. It's not our to slip away and say, let it be. Whatever will be, will be. But it's a time to press in and come to the place of prayer and know that I will answer and I will heed the call and the voice of my son and the voice of my daughter because you carry great weight in the earth. You've been established here with my authority and my name. And I was able to even place my spirit within you. So you carry so much more than you know. So don't back up, but press in and see them come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Because the best for the church awaits the church. The glory of the Lord shall be released within you. Because I'm bringing maturity. I'm bringing the strength to my family. And they're going to walk in love. They're going to walk in love. They're going to walk in love. They're going to walk in joy. They're going to walk in joy. They're going to walk in joy. They're going to walk in peace. They're going to walk in peace. They're going to walk in peace. They refuse to be offended. They deny themselves. They take up the cross and they're following me and they're radically saved and they're going to see a radical harvest. They're going to see them come in from the north, south, east, and west because I'm doing a mighty work for it's the end of the age and the end of time so press in and pray and don't be left behind some of you have been running from God now run to him 
If that's you, run to this altar. You know who you are. You've been holding back. You've been running from him. But God said, run to him. His plan for you is awesome and tremendous. It's beyond your own intellect and your own understanding. Run to the altar and receive his grace and receive his peace. Some of you are hounded by a reoccurring sin that's hindered and hampered your witness within. But God says, come to the altar today and I will set you free because obedience to my spirit brings sweet victory. Come now and receive what God has for you. If you desire a touch that will change you, come and receive now. There are about 15 people that should be at the altar now. 15. 15 people should be at the altar right now. I'm going to say it again. 15 people should be at the altar right now. You know who you are. You're lukewarm. There's a place that needs to be stirred within you. Come to the altar right now. Some of you aren't so bad, not so lukewarm, but God wants to turn up the heat within you and let the joy of your salvation be restored to you again. You need some joy? Come and receive some joy. You need your marriage changed? Come and receive a marriage transformation. Wherever it is, come forward and receive. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.